0: That now, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts for the seed of your word. And, Lord, that you would touch us this morning like you've never touched us before. Help us to draw close to you and you speak to our hearts. Transform our minds and our lives. Let there be a renewing take place inside of us. That we would turn to you. The only hope for all of mankind, all of humanity. You're the only hope. Touch us, Jesus. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for you, Jesus, for leaving heaven's glory, come to earth, perfect sacrifice, laying your life down on the cross for all wicked people like ourselves. And Lord, and you touched us with an everlasting touch. And Father, I praise you, Jesus, for it. Use this time, God, to draw us to you in Jesus' Amen, amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. The Lord has really been burdening my heart as I've been gone, just thinking about the world. And You know, we had the National Day of Prayer this week. Y'all knew that? Y'all participated in that? I hope y'all participated. And so I know some of you were downtown Inverness. I know we were praying here on Thursday morning. We were in the house here praying for anything and everything. Including our country and our world, the system. But my heart is so burdened. My heart is burdened because, you know, I think about as I see people, like when we went on vacation, I see people and I see how they live, I see how they act, I see how they walk, I see how they talk. And there's a there's a big there's a big void in people's lives. The majority of people's lives, you don't see the Spirit of the Living God dwelling in them. Right? Some of you that still work in the workplaces, you know what I'm talking about. And we don't even have to be in the workplaces. We can just go into Walmart or in all these stores or restaurants or whatever it is. It seems like people are just going to and fro and they're doing anything and everything they can to try to make ends meet. Moms and dads are struggling, working seven days a week, sometimes two or three jobs, trying to make ends meet. But I can tell you there's only one hope for the world. And it's not our jobs. It's not our families. Listen, it's none of that. It's not, it's not the stuff that we acquire. It's not the amount of money that we make. It's not how we look. But it's who we are inside. And who is inside of us. Jesus is everything. And we need to make Jesus everything in and through our life. Everything. We need to draw it in. We need to tell people about who he is. And so I'm going to ask some questions this morning. And I want you to just draw a circle around yourself. And I want you to think about these questions I'm going to ask you this morning. We're going to talk about a certain disciple. Kind of like an unlikely disciple that you would typically talk about when you think about. In fact, let me ask you this. When you think about a disciple, who's the first one that comes to your mind? you got Paul, Peter, right? Amen, John, I know, right? Good reason you think about that. But I want you to think about something this morning. We need to be about telling people about Jesus. We need to be about bringing people to Jesus. And sometimes I think we lack that. I think we lack uh, the authenticity in our mind. That have that conscious effort that when you talk to people, that you think about Jesus and is Jesus in their lives, is Jesus not in their life, and how you can bring them to Jesus. It's important for us to bring people to Jesus. That's our mission, right, church? Is that not our mission? It's our mission to share Jesus through the world. Not that we can save anybody, because you and I can't save a blooming thing. I can't even save myself. Well, we need to be thinking about sharing Jesus, so that Jesus will have the opportunity in people's hearts to draw people to himself. See, there's a reason why we don't do more evangelism is that we've lost our concern for the lost. Most people are not concerned that they are lost. The lost people don't think nothing about it. Amen? They're like that little boy at Disney World, listen, who was enjoying Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and he was enjoying the Ferris wheel and the roller coasters. He was having a marvelous time, and in the midst of the crowd, he got separated from his parents. Yes! At Disney World. And when he got separated from his parents, he didn't know that he was lost because he was having so much fun riding the rides. So much fun. But you see, folks, Satan has so constructed this world order to give you enough distractions so you don't know you've gotten lost in your spiritual Disney world. Come on, brother. We've got a world full of people who don't know that the fun in this world is... And all this world is offering them, the movies, the parties, the clubs, the social relationships, the money, and the job. is all a satanic, listen, camouflage to keep them from realizing that they have been separated from God. Mankind spends so much time having fun that they don't know that they are lost. However, the parents of this particular child were looking for him. <laughs> Frantic. I've been there. Got that t-shirt right. They knew he was lost at Disney World. They went to an officer, told security that they couldn't find their child. And the security man led the parents to the lost child who didn't even know he was lost. God wants to find lost people. Amen. We are the security guards, listen, to bring lost people into contact with a God who wants to regain fellowship with them. That's what we're here for. That's our task in evangelism. We are the ones God has chosen to deliver this message of the cross. He's chosen all of us. And we have a wonderful opportunity coming up. In June, it's called Vacation Bible School. Yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to eat. We're going to have silly stuff. Yes, but the most important thing that we do is we bring these little children to Jesus, and we can do that in so many creative ways. Sometimes we do it. I've seen it in the snacks that we serve them. What's their special? Snacks that are creative and kind of, kind of in line with the message of what the day is. You know, that kind of thing. To kind of reinforce into their heart, into their mind, that Jesus is real. It's all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Are you all about Jesus? Well, Danny, this thing didn't do that to me earlier. Really. Open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 35. Here we have three words that we talk about. Believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Belong. 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 Become. 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 The reason we have these three words is it tries to bring you into what your purpose is. What the mission is of Hills Church. Believe. We believe God. We worship him. That's why we're here. We believe who? We believe God. And we worship Him because He is God. We belong what? Together. We belong together. God is all about community. He's not about individualism. He has nothing to do with individualism. God is a God of community. The body of believers, the church. That's who we are. And God wants us to be together. We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's not Brother Phil saying that. That is the Word of God saying that. Because it becomes a habit. And and listen, and the body of Christ works better together than separated. There's all types of gifts in this building right now. When Vacation Bible School comes, we all have different gifts and talents and things that God has given us to be able to Bring children to Jesus. Whether it be snacks or teaching a Bible story or just leading them along, singing a happy song going to their next session, right? And so I want to encourage you this morning. Be thinking about that. God wants to find lost people and he wants to use you and me to do it. Every single time. So we belong together. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. We sharpen each other by being together. And so I want you to be sharp for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And Jesus wants you to be sharp. So we believe, we belong, and then we become what? Servants. Servants. That's right. And if you're not serving, you're what? Never forget that. Always serve. Your service, how are you servants? Listen, by evangelizing, by sharing, sharing Jesus with the world. That's what we are to do. That's our mandate. Every single person. You say, well, Brother Philip, there's a spiritual gift of evangelism. doesn't matter. You're called to evangelize. All those disciples there, they might not have had a specific gift of evangelism. But God commanded them to go and make what? He's told us the same thing. Go and make disciples of who? <laughs> All nations. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what culture they come from. doesn't matter how they dress. doesn't matter what they look like. We're to evangelize the world and share the love of Jesus with each and every one. In John chapter 1, verse 35, As we believe, belong, and become everything ministry and evangelistic that God wants us to be. Listen to what he says to his disciples. Now this is the scene of John the Baptist, probably at the River Jordan, with some of the other disciples. And uh, he's standing there, he says again, on verse 35, he says, Again the next day John was standing with two of his disciples, John with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, What do you say, church? Behold, the Lamb of God. I love that. Because what did they do with the Lamb? What did the Jews do with the Lamb? Jesus is our sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God. The ultimate. He is the sacrifice. For the world, pure and holy. It says the two disciples heard him speak. And listen, it says they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following And he said to them, he said, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. Jesus said, come and you will see. And so they came and they saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard Jesus speak and followed him was who? Andrew. Underscore Andrew. Simon, Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. Peter, come on. We've found the Messiah. The Christ. The Savior. The Anointed One. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas which is translated Peter, the little pebble. That's who Peter was. So here's my question this morning. What do you think will be your greatest investment in life as a believer in Jesus? What do you think will be your greatest investment in life as a believer in Jesus? souls I'm sure there's a lot of things that come across your mind the Bible church, family whatever but souls the greatest investment that you can make is in souls in winning souls to Jesus and you don't win nobody Jesus is the one that wins right? but he's given us a mandate to share, to tell To go and tell and make disciples of all nations. In fact, listen, what did Jesus do when he came? Listen, he purchased us, he invested in us, and he gave everything that he had to offer. Everything. Did he not? He did. It's amazing. It's amazing. Bringing someone to Christ who received Jesus, Savior, Lord, and life. That's the greatest investment that you can make as a believer, I believe today. That God would use you in power and glory of his word to lead others to where? To the cross. To the cross. So why is this the greatest investment? Why would this be the greatest investment? Well, you've got some fill in the blanks right there. I want you to fill them out. Number one. Because we become the instrument whereby someone is saved for whom Christ died for. God uses you as the instrument. As the instrument, the tool in the master's hands to lead somebody else to Jesus. I love it when I hear stories of how God provides opportunity to everybody. And so so when we look here, we must die to ourselves to reach others for Christ. That's what God requires. The example is Andrew. When you think of disciples, listen, we always think of Peter, John, James, and everybody else. But it's Andrew. Andrew. Verse 40, look at verse 40. It says, One of the two who heard John speak. In fact, I'm going to do something. Let me have Lola's mic. So as we look at it here, it says this. Listen. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first. His own brother, Simon, and
1: said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. And he, he brought him to,
0: him. <laughs> to Jesus. <laughs> brought him to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. I'm a turned on preacher right now, right? So anyway. Listen, Andrew was used by God as an instrument to lead others to Jesus. Don't miss this. And sometimes we don't think about Andrew. He's behind the scenes. Amen. You don't hear a whole lot about Andrew, but you see a lot about Andrew. And Andrew is leading people to Jesus. And it's an amazing thing. And here's the thing, beginning with one of his dearest, his brother, Simon, his family. The greatest thing we can do is lead our friends and family, especially our family, to Jesus. Are you leading your family to Jesus? Those that don't know Jesus, are you leading them to Jesus? Are you bringing them to Jesus? How are you doing? So, oh, brother, I don't know how to do that. My kids, my grandkids—they don't listen. Man, there's all kinds of creative ways to do it. It's easy. It's easier than you think for those that are not technology savvy with all the iPhones and computers and stuff like that. Listen, reach your kids. You can reach them every day. Because you know why? You know why. Well, what are they doing at home? Are they not? Every one of them's got one, pretty much, a phone. How many messages have you sent to your grandkids on the phone? How many devotions have you done that maybe you shared with your grandkids on the phone? I'm trying to give you an application here. Reach your kids. Andrew brought his brother Simon to Jesus. Come on, it's the Messiah. It's the Messiah. You imagine how excited he was about that? Listen, we need to be just that excited when we're trying to reach our family for Jesus. Can we do that? Listen, what's the alternative? I know you don't want to think about it. Why? But it's real. It's going to happen. And if we don't do something today, that's where they're going to be in hell. Forever. We got to reach our families for Jesus. Reach your families for Jesus. You may not even see him come to Jesus in your lifetime. It may take you dying for them to come to Jesus. I've seen it too many times. I've done too many going home services. What causes people to think about what? Death. That's why Solomon said it's, it's better to go into a house of mourning than to go into a house of feasting. Why? Because it's the end of all mankind, right here. When we look at death, it makes us think about death. Something we don't want to talk about. But it's real. It should make us think about hell. And how real it is. And the soul that sins is surely going to what? Die. Not just once, but twice without Jesus. So I hope you're people who will go to just die one time. Or maybe not at all. Maybe Jesus is going to come and take us home. Right? I like that deal. Amen. Listen, we're all instruments. You're an instrument. I'm an instrument. We're all instruments. The question is who is your master? Who is your master? We each have one or four masters. It's either you or it's others. I see parents. Oh, it's my kids. Everything I do is for my kids. It's all about my kids. But yet they won't lead them to Jesus. They won't bring them to Jesus. They won't bring them to Jesus. They'll provide for them. They'll give them food, clothes, game boys. Everything that they want, and they're crying for it, and we give it to them. Sometimes it's the devil. Is he your master this morning? Is Satan your master this morning? Hopefully, God is your master. Amen? Amen. That Jesus is your master, right? Jesus Christ! Yeah. But here's the thing, one of these four, your master. Jesus gave His life a ransom for who? For many. Right? Jesus gave His life and more abundant life as He give us. He's everything. He gives us abundant life. He ain't lying. He gives us everything and much more than we could ever think or dream or imagine. I mean, come on. We spent a year and four months going through the book of Revelation and we heard what the end of the story says, right? Where do the believers live? In the presence of Jesus in the city of heaven. In the city of gold. We, you as believers, we will be in the presence of Jesus for all eternity. It don't get no better than that. That's what I'm talking about. It's coming. Yes, ma'am. Jesus purchased each of us that knows him. He purchased us. He invested in us. So what do you invest in Today. What's your investment in? Things of this world? Or things not of this world? Hopefully not of the world, right? Temporary things will pass away or eternal things that last forever, right? Andrew was always investing and inviting people to Jesus. You remember? You remember the loaves and fishes? Remember, Jesus had his disciples separate them into groups of 50 all over all these thousands of people, 15, 20, 25,000 people. We don't even know how many it was. And they were like, we don't have enough food for all these people, Jesus. We don't have enough money to even buy enough food for all these people. But in John chapter 6, verse 8, look, one of his disciples, what's his name? Andrew, right? He goes, Andrew, Simon Beer's brother said to him, There is a lad here, and he has five barley loaves and two fish. But then at the same time he's scratching his head, he's going, But 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 what what in the world? He says, he says, But but what are these for so many people? I let you know there was a ton of people on that mountain, on that hillside. Think about that. Ain't nothing impossible with our Jesus. Amen. So it's Andrew brings a little boy with a, a t- taking his lunch from me. <laughs> I think about that I'm like taking a taking a, taking a sucker from a baby, right now. I don't know. He might have been glad to give it up. I don't know. Fish and Britain. Our kids today would say, Yeah, yeah, you can have it. All day long. But listen. How about in John 12? In John 12. In John 12, verse 20-23. through Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. (laughs) Look what Philip does. Philip came and told who? Andrew. Andrew. This is Peter telling Andrew, right? Or Philip telling Andrew, right? Philip telling Andrew. So Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. I wonder if Philip was a little nervous about taking them to Jesus. (laughs) I want to interrupt Jesus, right? But Andrew would. Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is coming for the Son of Man to be glorified. Bringing people to Jesus. Is, he's an instrument. Are you an instrument? Today, are you, can you say honestly here in this church before a holy God that you're an instrument, you're a conduit, you're somebody God is using you to bring other people to Jesus? Number two, here's another reason why I think it's a great investment. Not only are an instrument, right? There are eternal and lasting consequences. Eternal lasting consequences to investing in other people's salvation. We need to be cautiously investing in other people's salvation. We don't know who's right. We we know the harvest is ready. It's full, right? But the laborers are what? Why would he say that? Because we're not laboring like we should be. We're not fulfilling the call, the mission. The harvest is ready; it's ripe out there for picking. And it's not your respons—listen—it's it's, your responsibility to go and tell. It's Jesus' responsibility to save
1: them, Amen.
0: but we must go and tell. We must go and tell. There are consequences. Look at 41. Go back to 41. He found first his brother who? Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. Change his name on the spot. Cephas, which is translated Peter or Pebble. We know because Peter is used of God to bring thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands to Jesus almost immediately. The Lord set Peter apart. He also set Andrew apart. One for Andrew. He brought Peter. Andrew brought first his brother Simon Peter. Whom in turn. Peter writes. In the New Testament. He brings thousands. And thousands of people. Listen. He was privileged. Listen we're privileged to read Peter's writings today. As he talks about. His time with Jesus. Talks about what we should be busy doing. Sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Thousands were saved. He died a martyr's death. He died for the cause of Jesus. He became the rock of the major rock, the church. None of us exist if it wasn't for Peter and Andrew and John and James. All these disciples and Paul, all of them. Number three, number three, we have pleased the Father. Another reason, we have pleased the Father through our intentional acts of obedience. Because you've got to be intentional to be obedient. You've got to have your mind made up, I'm going to be obedient no matter what. Jesus is worth it. To be sold out to Jesus is worth it. In fact, not only worth it, it's a command of God. You gotta repent. You gotta turn around. You gotta change your way and you gotta chase Jesus with all of your heart. You gotta love him with everything that you are. You can't let nothing get in between your and your love relationship with Jesus. And you say, well, brother Phil, I can't live up to that. I know you can't. Either can I. We just gotta be surrendered to him. Every day. Every single day you got to bring yourself in submission every single day, moment by moment, day by day, right? We must do that. We have to do that. Every day. You know, there's nothing like walking in obedience to the Lord, to the Father, right? Which means we and others will have a more abundant life in Jesus because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Through our obedience, we can lay our head down at night and go to bed and go to sleep peacefully. You just don't realize and know the influence you have in Jesus. You have such influence in Jesus. His influence must flow through your veins, spilling out. Listen, to the be evidence in the lives of other people. People should see you and they should be able to see Jesus within a relatively short time. They know where you stand because, one, your countenance is going to give it off. People are going to look at you and say, hey, there's something different about this cat. Right, Wes? (laughs) Listen, it's all about Jesus. My example is a youth pastor. Man, listen, I saw many students. God has given me the privilege of encouraging in the faith many students and many adults and some parents. And some different ones. And sometimes I just, I don't think about it sometimes, but there's times where I need to think about it. And we all need to think about those, those acts of obedience where you, where you do and you trust Jesus and you let, and you just let go and let Jesus be Jesus in your heart. And he brings to your mouth and to your mind the very scriptures, the words that you need for that appointed time as you're talking to people. And it's amazing. And then you go, wow, where'd that come from? Anybody ever been there? Amen. It happens. Holy Spirit He's in us, with us, and upon us. Lead us in all truth. Open up our mouths. I don't know what to say. You're right. Holy Spirit will help you to know what to say. And your diligence of being in the Word of God every day. You must. There are seasons of drought in all of our lives. Amen? But we need to remember these things where God used us in remarkable ways. And he will do it again. He will. In fact, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, he said, hey, he said in verse 39, he said to them, come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's what he did. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Come to me. Come with me. Let me show you the things that you haven't even seen yet or even thought about. And that's what he did. Andrew followed him. Peter followed him. John followed him. James followed him. No matter how crazy it got, they followed him. Right? Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. People left him because he said, that man's a madman. Who's going to eat flesh and drink blood? But he had a purpose. People were following him for the wrong motivation, the wrong reason. They were looking for a dinner and a movie. Come on, he fed 25,000 people. He's looking. Listen, people were looking for a handout, entitlement. And God wants you, listen, He wants you to trust Him. Follow Him. For who he is, not what he can do. Amen? Every single time. <laughs> so we need to please the Father through our obedience. Every time. Number four. Number four, here's another reason we should we should be like Andrew. Follow him. He says, Listen, we are fulfilling the work of the church. The work of the church. As you go about your business, do people experience Christ in you? Do, 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 do people experience Christ in you and through you? Do people see and know that you are a child of God? Do you fulfill Matthew 28 to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you, and lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age? Is that you? Can I put your face with that verse? Is it there? We have an opportunity. In fact, Acts 1, 8 says, but you will receive what? Power. He didn't say weakness. He said power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be what? My witness is both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Number five. It glorifies God. It glorifies God. Listen, you glorify God. It glorifies God. Listen, and listen, when you do, when you do in obedience what God calls you to do, listen, that fruit that comes because of your obedience, it remains. It remains. And sometimes it increases. It gets bigger. And you, and listen, and as you follow in obedience and you do and you're sold out to Jesus and everything's about Jesus. And listen, I'm not saying being a spiritual freak now. Hear me. I'm saying you have an opportunity. When you go out and you come, listen, listen, Jesus goes before you. Jesus wants to lead you. Jesus wants to guide you. Jesus wants to speak through you and to you. Listen, he wants you to speak in the lives of other people. And you do that. You need to do that. It needs to be a mindset as you go. That's the only way his kingdom is going to be grown. He's commanded and commissioned us to do that very thing. Listen, Andrew became a living expression of Jesus. Peter became a living expression of Jesus. John became a living expression of who Jesus is. Are you a living expression of Jesus when people see you? I hope so, too. Listen, I'm preaching to me, too. Hear me. It takes... It takes work. It takes work and effort to stay surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the flesh, right? But we're supposed to crucify this flesh to its desires. So that we listen. So that we would not sin against God, but we would follow God and do what he requires. And that takes surrender. And you can't do it. You don't have the ability to do it. All you can do is trust Jesus in your heart and life by surrendering to his life. And trusting to do what? The next right thing. The next right thing. We are to be the hand, the foot, and the finger of Christ to the world, to your friends, to your family. Listen, to be lifting, encouraging, building one another up, leading them to what? To the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. Number six. Another reason, leading other people to Jesus, bringing them to Jesus, it is a major defeat for Satan. Major. Which shows you as a child of God, son of God, servant of God, listen, it's a major defeat for Satan. God uses you and I to provide for other instruments by which God can use that person that you spoke to That they would share Jesus themselves. And it goes on and on and on. There's people in this room that I know. That I used to preach to when they were very young. I know they serve the Lord today. Not because of me. Because of what Jesus did in their life. And only because of what Jesus. The only thing for me was an act of obedience. To be obedient to the Lord Jesus. And as I was obedient to him, I would just do what Jesus required, what he would ask me to do. And sometimes I failed miserably at doing that very thing. And I tried and tried and tried. And that was my problem. I was trying and trying and trying rather than let the Holy Spirit do it. (laughs) And so we had to let the Holy Spirit, just like even here. Holy Spirit is everything. Word of God is everything. We've got to be submitted and surrendered to everything that's God. Why? We're to reflect his light, leading others to him to be saved, and to become the instruments of God as well. That's what we're supposed to do. But I want to tell you something. Here's a warning, a note. There are some whom Satan can use to be divisive and hinder and hurt the work of God. And you don't know, careful. He'll get you to do some things too. You've got to stay close to Jesus. Real close. How close? You gotta walk in his footsteps. I mean, you've got to be on his back. And you like, get off my back now. He'd probably carry you along. We know, we know that. When it seems impossible, he'll carry you. We know that. There is no equal to helping others come to life in Jesus. No equal. None. So what motivated Andrew as we look at the Scripture? Number one, his conversion. His conversion. To write that down. His conversion, his experience. John the Baptist told Andrew, Behold, the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sin of the world. Right? And Andrew knew the sacrificial system for atonement or atonement of sin. Right? And he accepted Jesus as his Messiah, the Savior. The Lamb of God was huge for him, for them. He was highly motivated. So highly motivated he brought his brother and he brought others to Jesus. Stayed with Jesus his whole ministry. Died with Jesus at the end of his life. Following Jesus. So how do we spend the day with Jesus? He spends the day with us. How do we do that? Number two, this is what Andrew did. He is continuing with the Lord. He followed Jesus. He spent the day with Jesus. That's number two. His conversion number one, number two, his continuing with the Lord. He followed Jesus. He spent the day with Jesus. He was excited to be with Jesus. He was excited to be with Him. To hear, every, can you imagine sitting around being with Jesus, face to face, and He's like He's like pouring into you all these things, and you're like, I mean, they didn't. I mean, we'd be like, let me write this down. But but they were like out. They didn't. They had rocks, right? They had papyrus paper, whatever, you know. I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I'm like. I think probably their minds were sharper than ours are today. Amen. I would, I would reckon that that's probably the case. This awareness caused Andrew to make a beeline straight. Listen to his brother Simon. So how do we do it? How, how do we spend every day? We need to spend every day for every day. And and listen. And here's the thing: Jesus is with us every day, and sometimes you're not even aware that He's with you because you're not even thinking about it. Been there. You go on about your work and your conduct and you're you're up there testing voltages on high lines and and inspecting electricity and hopefully you don't get shocked uh, because your mind was on Jesus. No, I think he would look out for you. So anyway, Jesus is going to protect you. Have the mind of Christ. Walk with him. I think the third thing, his his conversion was number one, his continuing with the Lord, he followed Jesus all the rest of the days of his life, and Jesus is with him. He's with Jesus. Number three, he had confidence. Andrew had confidence in who Jesus was. Or he, 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 or he would never have went to his brother about him. Something happened to Andrew when he met Jesus. When John the Baptist introduced him to Jesus, something happened right then with Andrew. Caused him to go. Man, has something happened to you? Have you met Jesus? Has something happened to you that's so radical that you can't be still about Jesus? That you're willing to go whatever the length is, whatever. You, you're you ready to go high and low, over mountains, Mount Everest, whatever it takes. Jesus says, go. Jesus says, jump. You say, how high? No. You're willing to go with Jesus? I hope so. Listen to the scripture, Mark 10, 45. He said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve and to give His life, what? A ransom for many. That's what Jesus came to do. Matthew 4, 19, He said to them, Follow Me, and I will make you what? Fishers Fishers of men. Amen. But here's a statement. If you're not fishing, you're not following. If you're not fishing, you're not following Jesus. It's a command. In fact, it should be the joy of your heart. Get that crazy thinking, I don't know enough. Well, you, well learn it. Ask me. Learn it. What can I do? How can I share Christ? What can I do? Can I open your, Listen, how did you get saved? That's why I did the three-minute testimonies. How did you get saved? You need to write that down. How did you get saved? How did Jesus come into your life? Who introduced you to Jesus? Maybe you're not saved, but you think you are. How did Jesus save you? You need to think about that. You have, did you have an encounter with Jesus that was personal? That he, that he was pulling and squeezing your heart and he was saying, come to me. All that are weak and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come to me. You need to be saved. Come to me. Give your life to me. Did you come to him or did you just sit there and let it pass? Because it gets harder the next time. And it gets harder the next time. You start developing these calluses on your heart and you can't, you can't even experience Jesus. And you become cold to the call. He says to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Turn your life away from what it's doing and chase after Jesus. It's not all grace, but it's got to have the truth in it, too. Man, we got people that trample the grace of God every day because they're living one way. They show up at church with their little churchy mask on and they walk out church and they live a totally different way. And they don't even try to live for Jesus. They just go about their life. They, I'm, I'm good. Grace. And they forget the truth. They absolve the truth that like the truth doesn't exist. And we cannot do that. We have the truth for a reason. And I got some sermons I'm working on right now. And well, we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about the things that are moral. And we're going to talk about the things that are therapeutic in your life. And we're going to talk about deism a little bit. Because our culture, that's where our pop culture is today. That's where they're at. As long as I'm good and go about my life, that's moral to them. It's not the word of God. They don't talk about sanctification and justification. They don't talk about how Jesus saves them. Jesus, listen, they belong to Jesus when you're saved. You don't belong to yourself anymore. If you're not, if you're living to yourself, you're not living to Jesus, then you don't belong to Jesus. Because when Jesus saves you, listen, He purchased your your life. You no longer belong to you, you belong to Him. That's right. You're free. You're not free to do what you want to do. You've got to live the Word of God. The Word of God is there for a reason. And it's to protect us from the enemy and ourselves. Jesus made us free. Exactly right. Am I not free to sin and think it's all done? You have to give an answer for every idle word you say. You have to give it an answer for every sin that you've committed. Now, listen, you can go into sin and be out of fellowship with God, and God doesn't, listen, he's not going to be involved in your life until you get that fellowship back reunited with Christ again. Saved, yes. Out of fellowship with God, you can be with unconfessed sin. Otherwise, he wouldn't have wrote 1 John 1.9. Right. right? He wouldn't have wrote. That's the believer's. Because he wants us to be in fellowship with Jesus, not out of fellowship with Jesus. Amen. And when you're out of fellowship with Jesus, you don't hear nothing he has to say until you get that right. Come on. Confess your sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. That's what he does. He does that. He does that for you. He made provision for all of us as believers to stay pure and holy in His presence every single time. And we need to allow Him to do that. He had confidence. Listen to this. You're not fishing. You're not following. 1 Corinthians 6.19. I just quoted it. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's in you, right? You're a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. That's not my words. That's God's words. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Since Jesus is living and abiding in you. Why do you want to take Jesus who is in you to places that you don't need to be? And he has told you it's wrong. Don't, don't take him there. You grieve the Spirit of God. It is not time. Listen. Listen, is it not time that we should be leading people to Jesus, just like Andrew did, bringing people to Jesus? If not introducing, who are we following? Listen, if they are not sharing my faith, how can I be following Jesus? Well, you're not. You've got to share it. Following friends, feelings, and others, that's what's happening. It's not about feelings at all. If we say Jesus is my life, and I'm not fishing, why would Jesus living in me contradict his word? God's not going to contradict his word. Jesus said, I have come to give my life a ransom for many. He gave his life to what? To save mine, to save yours. Jesus said, you follow me and I will make you a fisherman. I will introduce you people to Jesus. I must, listen, I must. It's my mandate that I share Jesus himself with other people. I don't belong to myself. Bought with a price. I'm saved. Jesus owns me. He owns my talent. He owns my job. He owns my thoughts. He owns my speech. He owns my conduct. He owns everything. And listen, He can take it all away. And He will. And you walk in disobedience. And He makes life hard. Not fishing. You're not following. Not pointing the way to Jesus. You're leading them away from Jesus. Don't lead people away from Jesus. Think about this. You may possibly be the only Jesus they will ever see. Do they see Jesus in you? Who are you following? Andrew led Peter. Peter led thousands of people. I didn't say he was perfect, I'm saying he was forgiven and he lived under, under the umbrella of Jesus, living his life surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ every single day. That's what he did. Listen, Hills church would not even exist had it not been for Christ and his faithful followers. Amen? Are you a follower? Or are you a fake? I know that's hard. I know it's hard. But we have to evaluate ourselves. In fact, more importantly, Jesus already has. He says he judges us already up front. Trust is a must. Jesus, listen, he is saying always, he says, Listen, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? One of my favorite pastors, Charles Stanley, passed away. Man, you ain't watched his celebration of life. It's amazing. Here's a man that lived, taught, pro- preached the word without compromising. He's at, at, at Atlanta for 50 years, preaching the word. People hear him even today, all around the world. It's amazing. Trust Jesus. He is with you. <laughs> really, he is with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm gonna do something. where I sing and dance.
1: Grace to make it through. All I have is you. I'm at your mercy. And believe the God of earth and glory, just for you, would take the time to care for one like me, but I read in the Bible that old story, how he pled for my forgiveness. I need your grace to make it through. All I have is you. I'm at your mercy. Lord, I'll serve you until my dying day. Help others all you gotta do Will you please listen it's about him yes. it's all
0: about him Amen. I'm not saying we're perfect I'm
1: not saying I'm perfect I'm saying to tell you right now I have no ability
0: in and of myself to be a preacher to be a Christian, to be anything the only ability that I have is to surrender under the That's something that I strive every day to stay underneath Jesus Christ and his word. And I take his word and I feed on it. And I have to ask him to forgive me of things. I have to ask him to come into my life to give me the strength and the power to overcome anything and everything. And he is there. I'm
1: telling you, he will help you to overcome anything and everything. But you have to be determined in your heart to do it. And if you're not determined in your heart.
0: You need to check what you got going on with Jesus. Because Jesus never lied. He said, I will send a comforter. And he will come to you and to guide you and to lead you, what? Into all truth. And not only did he send a comforter, he provides a church family. Who loves beyond all judgment. Who loves. God has made me a messenger. Not of my word, but his word right here. And I got to share it. Listen, if we have sin in our camp, God's not going to bless us. Get the sin out. Confess your sin. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive your sin, and to cleanse you from every ounce of sin you've ever had.
2: Amen.
0: And then pick up, listen, let the Spirit of God, get in the Word of God every single day. Surrender yourself to Him. Surrender, 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 surrender to Him. And let Jesus be the power in your life to help you through. You've got to stay close to Jesus. That's the only way. Listen, I had addictions in my own life. Listen, I was unfaithful to my bride. I broke your heart. And God can give you the strength to overcome anything that you battle with in your life. Amen. But you've got to let it. You've got to remove the stuff that gets you down. You don't put yourself in a position to fail. you got to get away from it. If it's alcohol, you've got to get away from it. Get it out of your life. Don't even entertain it. And don't let other
1: people entertain it around you. If, it, if it's smoking dope, get away from it. Amen. Don't buy it. Don't do it. Don't Listen, get in CR on Monday night. Woo! Let them minister to you your heart. Let them give you encouragement. Let them give you everything Man, you need. If you've got condependency, if you've got problems, you've got issues with other people, listen,
0: God wants to change your life to be like His life and not your own. You no longer belong to you. If he saves you, you don't belong to you. Quit taking your life back up. Give it to Jesus. Let his power be perfected in your very weakness. That's the word. That's not me. If you're weak, the Bible says he is what? Strong. But you've got to submit to his strength you got to submit to his word. you got to submit to him. you got to call somebody and say, Sister Sheila, I'm weak right now. I need some prayer. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's some praying. It's some praying people right there.
2: Yeah.
0: Listen, we're in a time of our period, of our life, of this world, where people need to listen to hear Jesus. And we got to stop, listen, sitting around, listen, <laughs> in our comfortable pews. And we're not sharing the love of Christ with our life, with our words, with our actions. Truly, this isn't about us. This is about Him. <laughs> because heaven weighs in the balance. It weighs in the balance for all of us and our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids and everyone. I want to see all of them in heaven, don't you?
2: Yeah.
0: Vacation Bible School is coming We should never have to beg for people to be here. I don't care if you've got to get on your hands and knees and pray. And that's all you can do is sit on a pew and pray. I don't care. We need to be in here because we have a community out here that doesn't know Jesus. They have no clue who Jesus is.
1: And we've got to tell
0: them because
1: that's our mission. We've got to love them
0: to Jesus. We've got to encourage them. We can't Sit there and slap him on the head and say, why aren't you doing this? It's not about doing, it's about being in Jesus. And if you love him, then your behavior is going to line up with what you love about Jesus and how he loves you. If you're really sold to Jesus, your behavior is going to line up to what he calls for you to do in obedience. We have to do that, folks. You know churches are closing doors? Listen, COVID didn't help either. Mm-hmm. There's many churches that have closed their doors. I praise God for what's going on. Here. I don't know what God wants to do here. I know He will see people saved. I know that. Yes, I know he wants us to believe, belong, and become. Everything that God wants us to do. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to be discipled by him. Listen, he wants us listen, to go out and share Jesus with others. Amen. I mean, it don't get no simpler than that. That's our mandate. Yes, we just have to do it, right? right. I love you guys. But God is really burning in my heart because
1: he's coming. He's coming. And if we're not ready, there's going to be a lot of people left behind. We already know there will be a lot of people left behind.
2: Yeah.
0: But it doesn't absolve us from trying as hard as we can, sacrificing everything to follow Jesus. Right. Amen. Amen? Give it to him.
2: Right.
0: You have brothers and sisters to hold your arms up, to pray you through whatever you're going through. Yes. And we want to do that for you. You might have questions write this number down on your in your in your sunday paper write it down write my number down area code 910 910. that's north carolina by the way so if i ever call you see north carolina which will pass (laughs) (laughs) well i would say there's a lot of people in carolina 910-977-5944 use it (laughs) 977-5944 Nine seven seven five nine four four. four, four.
2: <laughs>
0: and listen, I, I give that to you because listen, I know you may have questions, and I've got answers. But it's not my answers. It's those answers in Scripture. That's right. now, you, you. you need help. You need help. Listen, we're here to help you. C R is here to help you. They're not here. They're not here to have a social club about whatever. They're not here. We're here to help the sick, the hurt, the hurting, the ones that people have habits, hang-ups. That's the one we are here for. And I know we got sitting, people sitting out here in these pews right now. You've got a habit, a hurt, or a hang-up. You've got something going on in your life, and you're trying to tackle it all by yourself. And you're not giving to God, and you need some support. Listen, even Moses needed help. Moses is on the mountain. His arms got tired. What happened? They would hold him up for however long it took till the battle was won. Amen? That's what the church is supposed to do. That's what we're about. That's what I want us to be about. But we're not always there. Do we mess up times? Yes. Do we, do we, do we intentionally? I try to intentionally not to mess. Sometimes I do, and I, sometimes I don't even realize it until God shows me or somebody tells me. I love you all, man. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love your kids. I love you girls. Listen, I want to see you guys, listen, flourish in the spirit of an almighty living God who wants to use you for his everlasting glory. Amen. Listen,
1: I can't. I want to get
0: smarter in the Bible. I want to know the Word back and forth, upside down, inside and out. I want to know it more and more and more. I never feel like I know enough. I want Jesus to use all of you the same way. He's to use me. Wednesday nights we're going through the book of Timothy in chapter 3. We're fixing to do that here in a couple weeks. And listen, we're going to be talking about offices in the church. A lot of people say, I I can't be a deacon, I can't be an elder, I can't be, I said, yeah, but that ain't the point. The point is, the point is that all of us should have aspirations to meet those qualifications. You know, and so that's why I want to share Timothy with you guys on Wednesday nights. I want you to understand that God has an order, and he has a Bible, and he has, he tells us how we achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. And we've got to walk in obedience and listen to his word. our heads Lord Jesus I thank you Lord please forgive me I need your grace to make it through all I have is you Lord I'm at your mercy you Lord, until my dying day, help others find a way. I'm at your mercy. Please forgive me. Maybe that's you this, after, this morning, this afternoon already.